0: Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianek here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. you know, uh, I had some times that I spent with some of the pastors in Brisbane and Queensland. And, uh, and I also spent some time with some pastors in Europe and one of the things they said to me Ted it's worse than it, it's perceived as you know we, we, we look at some of the floods uh, one of the pastors said to me he had a team and he says how many of you have ever been to the third world None of them said no and he goes I want to prepare you for the third world and he says they, they went out into homes where the toilets are not working there's no fresh water dead carcasses around and and what they said to me was Ted when you pray, think of it—it's worse than what you visually see. I'm speaking to the pastors in Europe, and they go, "And yeah, you've got all these pictures." They go, "It's worse." But you know what? Our God is a good God. And then what we want to do is because we have a our family. See, our family right now have lost their homes. Our family are struggling with drinking water and all that. So when we're praying, we're not praying for somebody we don't know. This is a family prayer. Okay, this is the family altar. So what we want to do right now, we're going to just pray and ask God to help our family, that our family then can help others. Father, we just come to you right now as a church. Father, we stand with those that have lost. We stand with those that are weeping. Father, we stand with those that are scared. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, you're the same God. You're the same God that made rivers in the desert. You're the same God that destroyed Goliath. You're the same God that made the barren fruitful. You are the same God that can do the impossible. So Father, right now, we lift up our family. And we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, you minister to them. Minister to the leadership. Father, we pray for our government as they are walking through these disasters. Father, in the name of Jesus, You do all things well. And Father, right now, we speak the word of restitution. Father God, that You will revive hope, that You will revive the faith, that You would revive the enthusiasm, the optimism. So Father, right now, we lift them up to You. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, God, everybody said, and then you may be seated. Well, welcome, welcome to our family day. This is family. Everybody say family. Let me just share something with you about family. You don't get to choose your family. <laughs> How many of you ever looked at your own family and you saw another one and you said, Hey God, I think you made a mistake. I should be in that family. Come, come on. You look at your own family. Come on, how many of you got family members you'd like to hide? You're all looking at me like I'm the only one. Come on. Look at your family tree. Some of of us don't have family trees because we don't want anybody to know. I remember a few times where I just said I was adopted. Come on, come on. See, you don't get to choose your family. But also, you don't get to choose what's in the family. So, the reason I know Croatian, and I love Croatian food, is because I was born into a Croatian family. You know what really astounded me? I, was, uh, I went to a restaurant, and um, I got to know these people afterwards. And we went in there, and they had a two-year-old eating chilies <laughs> I mean I mean they're eating chilies they're eating crabs they're eating everything that's on the table right they haven't they're not eating baby food and after I got to them I just go I'd like to know something because I went past your table and your children are eating the same food and they go yeah well that's the way we grew up we, you know the wife said to me and goes we never made baby food what we ate they ate That is why some of you can handle chili. Because you had it since you were born. Your mother's milk had chili in it. It had spices in it. What a woman eats, the woman expresses. I know this is deep. This is like a family meeting. So today, you know what? We're going to talk family, okay? So what happens in life is this is you get born into a family, but then it comes a time where you take on the values of the family. So you can be in a family and be different. You you might not want to dress the same, look the same, eat the same. But what happens in a family is you don't get a choice... But then when you get mature enough, you start to resist. That is why the word of God says, do not resist the spirit of grace. The reason he's saying don't resist the spirit of grace is because grace is in the house. So when we start thinking about family, the first thing we need to know about family, there's only one father and only one mother. So what that means is this, is that the Attitude of the family, the atmosphere of the house, the speaking in the house, the way we love, give, forgive, is all dependent upon the father. See, the father never does this. It is, let's have a committee meeting on how the atmosphere in the house is going to be. Hello? Come on. This is going to help your parents as well. See, the kids don't decide the atmosphere you do. The kids join the family, don't run the family. Come on, smile. Family time. So you see this right from the beginning in the book of Genesis. Is God created Adam, then he created an environment and he put him in the environment. See, Adam was created not in the environment, but he was created before the environment Then God made the environment. Then he says, I want you to put you in the environment. And then I want you to increase the environment. So Adam didn't have this. I don't know what we're going to do. When Adam stepped into the garden, into the family house, he said this. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to act. This is what I am supposed to accelerate. So Adam didn't need creativity to expand, it was, he was born into it. So Adam didn't have to double guess. He says, what am I supposed to do? It's in the house. If you want to here last week, get a hold of our tape. That is why that when Sarah, when God said to her, you're going to have a baby, she said, I'm barren. She goes, how in the world can I go back to the garden? Because when I go into the garden, everything becomes fruitful. Come on. Listen, if you you don't respond, the food's going to get cold. (laughs) Now, see, what happens is this. Is when we get to the family, God says, you don't have to choose. I've already chosen for you. And what he does is this. You've got to get this by your father. Our heavenly father has already given you the best. The, The father has no least. The father has no sickness. The father has no lack. So when God gives, he gives the best. Now listen to the scripture in Galatians 6.10. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters of the family of. Say that, family of. I want you to notice something. God calls his family a family of faith. Now here's something that's really interesting. He's this word called especially. And he goes, How, why would he have to put in that especially to our brothers and sisters in the household of faith? Do you know what is interesting? And um, can, I, can I generalize and then internalize a little bit? Can I, can I do that? Do you realize that there are people that come to church, they are much nicer to people outside the church than their spouse, than their children, Have you ever been mad in your house? Somebody comes to the door and you go, come on. Your boss really ticks you off, but you still keep smiling. You know what, what's really interesting is this, is that God says this, what's in the house has to be lived outside of the house. What you live out of the house doesn't make the house. So what he, Paul was saying here to us, As a family, he goes, I want you to do good, but especially to those that are in the household of faith. So therefore, it means you've got to be kinder in here than you are out there. um, Pastor Suley and I, we had an amazing apostle of faith. And uh, from the States, and we spent some time with him. I, I mean, this guy... His name was Leonard Fox. He was in his late 70s. I was a youth pastor. And um, he was a man of faith. And what got me to the man of faith? He's 70. He was, I think he was... Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, he would have been close to his 80s. And he wanted to play squash. Not squash eating. You know the squash? Right? So he goes, he wants a game of squash. So the senior pastor comes to me, Ted... I want you to take him and play squash with him. I go, no, 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 no. If he'll have a heart attack, you will blame it on me. Ted Fabianic kills the visiting ministry. right? So, So I pick him up, we rent the court, and my heart is this. Because I'm a servant. I'm humble. I am so humble that there's no one more humble than me. And I walk in and I'm saying to myself, now, Ted, let him win. It goes against your grain. It goes against your family upbringing. It goes against your competition with your wife, with your daughter, with everything. I, but I am so competitive, right? When we first got married, it was how fast can I eat? Quicker than Sylvain? Everything was faster. You think you can break the legal speed limit quicker? Well, I can do it even quicker. Everything being, was competitive. And so I'm there. And so we're playing squash. He first set. First He whips me. He's actually fitter than I am. And then I said to myself, you know what? That's it, no no, no more. Forget about it. Throw out the family tradition. I am going to whip this guy. So I put my game face on. I no longer love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the competition of God. Right? And I'm trying, he whips me. He is fitter than I am and all that. And then he gave me the thing. He says, Ted, you've got to be a man of faith And number two. He goes, your first church is your wife, and then the circle widens, it's your children, then it's all that. He says, your first church, where you first become who you are, is with one single person that knows you the most intimately. Changed our lives. So if, you, if people want to know what you're really like, you've got to go live with you. How many of you, don't be honest now, okay. There were times in our lives I said, I didn't want anybody to know what we like. I was one thing on the pulpit and another thing outside. Oh, come on. You're all looking at me like, we don't know what you're talking about here. Seriously. My my husband wakes up in the morning. Oh, woman of my life, I've made you breakfast. I bought you a new Rolls Royce and we're going to the Bahamas. Hey, no, no, stay in bed for 24 hours. There's no need. I will serve you. If that is your husband, please write a book, pray for people. We'll have you here. We'll all line up. But you see, what what happens here is God is saying here, a, a need for what we want to give outside needs to be experienced inside. A lot of people are praying, oh God, we want to change the world, we want to change the world, but we're living in this environment where we need to change the environment. What God says this, is whatever you grow in your house, you export outside the house. Would you like me to say that again? You can only export what you grow. So as a church, we are called faith life. We are from a family of faith. So what happens is this. Now listen to this. In Hebrews 10, 38. But the, righteousness, but the righteous one shall live by my faith. And if he gives it up, my soul is not pleased with him. Just, my righteous one. Who is, who is righteous at the moment? You and I. Your behavior doesn't determine your righteousness. Your righteousness is determined by your birth. Excuse-moi. See, you're not righteous because you do good stuff, you do good stuff because you're righteous. So, so many people get deceived thinking, I'm not righteous because I still got some behavior issues. God says, No, you change your behavior issues by what you accept. So He says, This This is God speaking, this is Father of the family speaking, but the faith of the one, so, but the righteous one shall live by my faith. Now, I want you to notice this first thing in the family, You have the faith of the Father. He goes, when you're born into me, I am not asking you to go out and bring something in. Everything you need comes from me. So he says this, you will live by my faith. So not an inferior faith. And if he gives it up, I want you to notice the word says, if he gives it up. My soul is not pleasing. So what pleases the Father is when you and I activate his faith in our lives. Think about this. God says nothing is impossible. This is what you've got. So here's the Father saying, what pleases me is that you live by what you have been given, not by what you think you don't have. See, so many people are going, I, I, I wish I had this, I wish I had that. You've you got to see, you've got it. And he says this, what pleases him? So what you can have is this. You can be in the house of God and God is not pleased. What does it mean? It doesn't mean that God is not angry. He, he, he's angry. With you. It doesn't mean that God says, oh, you're not my child. What he's saying is this. What gives me pleasure is when you join your faith and you start to live like my son. When you start to live like I live, that you start to think like I think. So God says, what gives me pleasure is this. One of the things we need to do as children in the family is give up the faith you had before you're saved and take on the faith that you've got now that you're saved. The reason he says you've got to live by my faith because God's promises require his faith to be released into the earth. So what he's also saying in here is that how people were impressed with Jesus, they will also be impressed with you because it's the same faith. Mmm. Smile. I know this is, this is family. But see, what it does is most of us are struggling is because we've imported things into the house that don't belong in the house. It gets, it gets, it'll get better. Now, watch. listen to Ephesians 2.8. We're talking about what's in the house. This is what we're celebrating. For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So the first thing we know, what's in the house? Grace. Grace is the atmosphere in the house. Also, what's in the house, there's no effort involved. There's no earning. You don't earn anything. Is this. So now I want you to understand the atmosphere that's in this church, the atmosphere that's in you, is grace. Grace means that you everything you need, you don't have to earn. Religion says if you're good enough, if you pray enough, if you give enough, then you can have it. But it says, by grace you have been saved. That is why the Bible says this. You, th- let me show you how you resist grace. Instead of totally depending on God, you're going, how can I do it? i got to pray harder. i got to do this. i got to do this. So God says, in my house, there's no effort. In my house, you don't have to strive. In my house, you don't have to get weary. That is why Jesus stood up on the last day of the feast and says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. You know the word rest is also the word for healing. It is in resting in grace that healing flows into your body. It is resting in grace that healing touches your heart and your mind and your emotions. It is by grace. And then he says this, by faith you have been saved. So now watch this. When people say, have I got the faith? If you have given your life to God and you know that you are a child of God, you already have faith. So he's saying here, in my house is a family of faith lives by grace, lives by faith. It doesn't live by effort, and it's a love gift from God. So God is saying this, it's a gift. So what, what is it saying to us? That there should be an expression of gift-giving to each other every time you get together. Hmm. You, you good? Do you realize, just to realize, you've got something right now that somebody in this church needs. Have you ever, I mean, it's happened to me numerous times where God says, I, I need you to go and get some cash out. This is Sunday morning. And I go, well, I don't need cash. I've got a card. And God says to me, the person that, I need, that needs the money hasn't got, an, hasn't got one of those, what do you call those gizmos? Well, you tap your card. Anyway, you know how when you go to a restaurant and they bring the thing to your table, right? Most people that need money right now in this house haven't got one of those machines. Yeah? Excuse me. Have you got one? You are really ready to receive. But see what happens is this: is God says, I, "I want you to look after the family." Sometimes. Now listen to me very carefully here, so that we don't misunderstand each other. There are times that we are more generous outside than we are inside. You good? Smile. Do, do you know um, married couples, do you realize that as a husband? The person that needs to say you are a giver, the number one person that should be saying that is your wife or your husband. Number two is your children. Okay, look, look at me. Excuse moi. Come on. Uh, 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 OK, this is, I'm now talking like a father of the church, OK. If, if people outside call me generous. But my wife and my children, don't call me generous, I failed. You okay? If people outside says, you know, Ted, you're such a nice guy. And then, I, then you go home and people go, and your wife goes, mm, do you want to play golf? You should go. I think you need to walk around Australia. Go. Come, come on. See, sometimes we, we kind of go, oh, God, save the world, save the world, and there, there's a need in your own house. So as a family of God, God says this, you need to be generous outside, especially in the house of God, in your own faith family. Now, listen to this. 2 Corinthians 14, uh, 4.13 says this, we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the Scriptures when it says, First I believed, and then I spoke in faith, so we also first believe and then we speak. Now I want you to notice, here is now becomes your vocabulary. You're in the family, and the Bible says this, right? I have the same spirit of faith that is described in the Scripture when it says. Everybody says, says. Says when he's talking about this, is the word of God. So all of a sudden now, he says, you have the same spirit of faith. Let's just park it here for a moment. Do you realize, you know, um, you were just singing the same, the God of Jacob, the God of David. The, you know, the same God that gave David what he had is the same God that has given you. You know what? The only difference that comes into this is that um, while well, I was driving, I was just praying and asking God. And God started to speak to me and he said this, Ted. He says, your generosity when you give determines how open your heart is to receive. I always, I always used to think, Give and it shall be given to you. You know, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And I, I'm thinking it's all about qu- the qu- quantity, the, qu- the quantity, quantity, quantity. You know, if I sow $10, I'm only going to get $10 seeds. All that. But, but the word of God says this listen to me very carefully. Your generosity determines or how open your heart is. So, if you're not generous, it's telling you how open your door is, and God can only fit to you how open your, how wide your door is open. Hallelujah! Think about it. Have you okay as a family? Right, how many of you have been ticked off with the father? Come on! How many of you have ever wanted to tell God, "I'm kind of disappointed at you"? Come on, this is family. See, I always used to think, God, why aren't you doing that in my life? Why aren't you doing that? And God says, "No, Ted, you determine how much you get, not me." Wow! Think about this: the generous heart. What's a generous heart? Generosity is how wide you open the gate for the blessing to come through. See, we, we, we go, you've got to be generous, and we think, oh, that's because we've got to meet a need. Now, listen to me carefully. Yes, it's to meet a need, but my generosity opens the door for God. So if my generosity is only this much, God says, I can only fit through this much. But if you give me everything, I will also give you everything. So generosity, receiving depends on the giving. And the giving shows you how wide your gate is. That it says you have the same spirit of faith that is described when the scripture says. So whatever God says and whatever God has said, you have the spirit of faith to receive what he has said. You good? See, you can live in a family and be indifferent. You can live in the family and have a bad attitude. Or you can live and take everything that the family has. So like with our kids, as you mentioned before, you know, when my, my, my grandkids are going to come over tomorrow, and you know the first thing they're going to do? They're going to raid my fridge. They're going to touch everything, and they'll eat everything, and they won't even ask. Why? Because they're going to Father's house. See, what happens is this, is that sometimes you can be hungry in your own house. You can be thirsty in your own house. You can be discouraged in your own house. And the word of God says here, First I believed, and then I spoke. Which is, first I believed. What does it mean, the First. It's the first step you took to get into the kingdom of God is the one that does the speaking for you. See, the way you got into the kingdom of God is you spoke. And when you spoke the faith, God came in and you got saved. So God says here, first I believed, then I spoke. We also first believe and then we speak in, excuse me, faith. Faith is the atmosphere of heaven So God has given you the faith to see. He's given you the faith to receive. Listen to this. In Romans 10.8, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Watch this. This is to you, right? The word is near you. So what does that mean? That the word that you need for the situation that you are in is no longer in heaven. It's right here, right now. How many of you need a word from God today? Put your hand up. Come on. Okay, here's the thing. Is, let's, let's, put, let's do some family business here. That means that the word that you need is right here. That the, the, you know what it means? You know why it's right here? Because the word found you. You didn't find the word. So whatever you need, God has already spoken the word, and that word has found you. It's eyed you out, is there. And he says, what does it say? The word is near you, and it's in your mouth. Now watch very carefully. A lot of people know a lot of scripture, but a lot of people don't speak in faith to scripture. See, it's not what you, not what you memorized that's going to give you freedom. It's what you have memorized. And then you speak in faith, gives it to you. How many know the scripture of uh, of John eight thirty two? It says that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set, the truth you know shall set you. Okay, how is it that so many people in the globe know the Bible and they're not free? You with me? How many people have memorized the scripture? How many people do that and they go, yeah, well, I know the scripture, but I am not having the manifestation of it. What happens is this. This is your key. It says, it's in your mouth. So in other words, it's got to ha- it has to be released. So today, you need to release a word of encouragement to each other. Today, you need to release love to each other. It is, you know, it's not good me just feeling love for Suvai. There has to be a verbal expression. There has to be a material expression. Jesus never said this. I really love you so much, if you work really hard too much, you might get saved. What did Jesus do? I love you so much, I'll take on your body, I'll take on your sin, I'll take on your poverty, and I will do it. So Jesus said, not only do I tell you I love you, but my love is manifested in full expression, and my life is not only manifested in full expression, it's going to be manifested in your life. And he says this, That is the word of faith that we have proclaimed. Now watch this. The word that's in your mouth is full of faith. The word in your mouth is full of faith. The word in your mouth is full of faith. See, the word of God doesn't need to have faith poured into it. It's already got the faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Do you realize every word of God that you know in here is full of faith, but it needs the expression of your heart and your mouth? You know, the, the, the way we got married, Sula and I, this is deep, okay, everybody said deep. I had to speak. I'm, I'm, I, I kid you not. I got dressed up, we're there, and I actually had to publicly say that I love this woman and that I'm going to do it. She knew that. Go, excuse to my preacher, preacher, preacher. What for you want me to speak like this? She, she knows I love her. I, 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 I drive her around. I buy a ring. I, I, I take her to a McDonald's. She knows I love her. But you know what I had to do? I had to go what's inside of me. And then I spoke to her. And then now I became accountable to what I said. Hello. So you go, oh, is that what we did when we got married? Yeah. So God says this, it's just not enough to know the word of God. It's not enough to feel the word of God. You've got to let it out. So every promise of God has faith in it to fulfill it. There's a great ministry called uh, Jesse Duplantis. And um, he's one of the funniest preachers I know. He made this comment, and he goes, God never has ever said to pay for anything, just believe for it. And I I remember Saul and I, when we we first heard that, I thought, wow. Because we think, oh man, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. He says, it's not what you can afford, it's what you can believe. So what does God do? Now watch this. I needed, Saul and I, needed a car. I, I, I used to have a prayer car. You know what a prayer car is? It's the one that you pray in tongues for five hours before you have to drive it. And then once it's moving, you pray that it stops. I, I, look, I remember driving along and parts of my car were just left. I remember part of the car fell off in the church car park. I ignored it. I'm going, no, no. <laughs> Man, When it rained, there was more water inside the car than outside. And I said to God, God, give me a car. You know what God gave me? A promise. No, no! Excuse the word, Jesus. You know, listen. You know, listen. You know, listen. Jesus, listen to, listen to me. I wanted the automobile. I want to drive. I, 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 I wanted the car when I go start. How many of you ever had that car that when you turn the key, and you don't hear any blessed noises? Or you put your foot on the brake and you go, it's going faster? You're driving in the middle of the night and the lights start to flicker. I said to God, 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 listen, listen, Jesus. You're not listen to me very much. My English my English is my English is a second language. I know I speak it good. Okay. Dear Jesus, I wanted the automobile. Okay? Okay. You you choose the one that you want and you give it to me and I like. I will praise you and I'll drive to church. Okay. And God, you know what God gave me? Ask and you shall receive. I said Jesus, no 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 I asked you for the material thing, but you gave me the promise. Mm. you all know where I'm going, right? Everybody go, I know where Ted's going. So you know what we do is we look, we go, God, I want a material thing, but what does do? God says, everything you need to be manifested, I've given you in a promise. So what did we do? Saul and I we came up and we said, God, I speak. I thank you for the car. This is what I want. I want a car with air conditioning. I want a car instead of two gears that work. I want four gears. I, I, I want a car that I don't have to pray over every morning. And since then, we've been given about four different cars. Now, it started, not that somebody gave me a car, but his God gave me a promise. And then when I spoke the promise, I came to agreement with the promise. See, this is family. We go to our Father. Father, I have a need. He gives you a promise and you feel sure changed But God says, because we are living in a family of faith, everything is given to you in faith, and when you come into agreement with the faith, it materializes. So when we're celebrating family day, what we're celebrating is the word works. Whatever you need right now, is in the promise. It's in the promise. It's in the promise. I am lonely. It's in a promise. You know, we go, God, I'm lonely. I need friends. Where are your friends? In the promise. The Bible says that He will give the isolated and He'll put them in a family. So if you're isolated, if you're lonely, God, your word says that you will put me in a family. God, I believe it, and I'm going to step into my new family. Mm. Well, I need a new job. Easy. The word of God gave you the key. key. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Oh, okay, so I'm not seeking a job. My job is in the kingdom. If I agree with the kingdom, I will have a material job. You good? See, this is family. The world has a need. We have the promise. So, if we activate the promise, we can meet the need. We're people of faith, we're people of encouragement. So when the Bible says we're a family of faith. What's a family of faith? That we, have, we take the promise of God and we manifest it. This is the family culture. Now, as we come to an end, everybody says, oh, good. Oh, what do you mean? Okay, You're allowed to laugh in church. Jesus laughs every time I preach. He, he goes, my greatest entertainment is Sunday morning when Ted preaches. Now listen, this is, so how do we speak now in family? Number one, listen to this, family, strength building words. Now, I want you to know something here. Outside of the kingdom, we are told to inspect what comes out of the person. Inside the kingdom, we're taught to see what's in the person. Let me say that again. Outside of the kingdom, we look at behavior, we look at clothes, we look at street address, we look at all those things. But God says now, you're in the kingdom, what's on the outside gets changed by what is inside. So we are strength building words. You need to today, listen, I'm going to give you these, and I want you to practice them today before you leave the car park. Excuse me. you didn't answer me so as a father I'm thinking you're not listening I'm telling the angels close the door now listen to this what's a strength building word hey hey God loves you hey God's full of strength for you start to encourage somebody else in family you don't wait to somebody to encourage you and then you bounce off that you encourage somebody else first See, in family, I don't, you know, when, when Sully and I first got our family, right? We were the last to eat. We looked after our family. We never said family feed me. It says we're gonna feed you. And we sons are so used to feed me, feed me, feed me. And listen to me. In the household of faith, you feed others. So in other words, you get strength-building words, healing words. It's going to be okay. God is with you. I'm standing with you. I believe the Spirit of God is on you. You start to heal those words. It too shall pass. You're going through a hard time, but it will pass. Your sickness is temporary. It's not eternal. So we start to speak healing words. We start to talk inspirational words. Inspire somebody to go further than you can. Inspire somebody to love. Inspire, inspire. Listen, the culture of the house is you never to leave your brother and sister without being inspired. Have you ever spent time with somebody and then needed cancelling yourself? Say yes. Come on, we have. But that's not family. The family is this. You're not going to go through this. Is your pastor speaking and your team speaking. You're never going to come to Faith Life Church and go bad, discouraged because I, I don't get what I got. You're supposed to be encouraged. Second thing is, right? Loved, filled words. You don't do this. If you're good enough then I'm going to love you. Listen to me very carefully. Outside of the kingdom, we withhold until the person does something good, and then we give. In the kingdom, we don't withhold. You don't withhold encouragement. You don't withhold love. You don't withhold gifts. You don't, in, you don't withhold encouragement. Say amen. See... Love-filled words says this, you might not agree with me, you might be angry with me, you might not want to, but I will not stop flowing love to you. And the last bit is this, faith-filled words. Start to speak faith into somebody. God can do the impossible in your life. God is going to change your life. God will see you through. You will write that song. You will print that book. You will start that business. You will change the globe. See, what happens is this. Start to speak faithful words. I believe that the faith inside of you is going to break through globally. I believe. See, what we do is we start going and going, no longer am I just going to preach average words. No longer am I going to be average. I'm from a family of faith. Therefore, it means this. The only limitation a person of faith has is the one that he puts it on himself. Today, act like family. Encourage somebody. If God tells you to take somebody out to lunch, take him out to lunch. If, but you go, Pastor, I can only afford to take it to McDonald's. Awesome. That's probably what they need. In your family, start to speak faith. But what if I don't get back? What if they're not nice to me? See, the key is this. In family, Just because somebody rejects, it doesn't mean you stop doing it. The Bible says, um, we said today, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. How many times did Jesus knock before you open it? Let me just tell you right now, when Jesus starts knocking on your door, it's this. 40 years go by, 50 years go by. 150 years go by, centuries go by. God says, I'm going to knock until you open. Do you know what we do? We go to somebody and we knock and they don't respond. We don't do anything. No, just keep knocking. Come on. I want you to stand with me. Come on. Stand as a family. Stand as a family. We're from a family of faith. And what we want to do today, we want to celebrate family. We're going to, we're going to have food and we're going to be blessed. But what's better than food is we've gone through this COVID season. We've gone through two years of this. And it's time to break out and become family again. You know, one of the things that COVID's done, it's made a separation, separation, separation until we start to live in our own little nucleus. But today we're celebrating that we're out of COVID and then we're going to celebrate the freedom, the freedom to love, the freedom to give, the freedom to to express the loving kindness of God. So just lift up your hands with me. Father, right now, we call you dad. We call you Abba Father. Father, we just thank you that we have the same spirit of faith that you gave us. And Father, right now, we decide that we're a part of this family. Father, we are born in this family, but Father, today we're going to join the family. Father, we are no longer just going to wait for somebody to reach out to us, but we're going to start reaching out to others. Father, today, our words are going to be faith-filled, love-filled, inspiration-filled, strength-filled. So Father, I just pray for us as a church that you would bless us, that you would keep us. Father, we just thank you that we belong to your family and you're our father and we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.